Hey guys, Gordon here. I just want to take a second and thank you for downloading our episode, listening to our episodes, sharing our episodes, tagging us on social media and helping us grow our mission. It means everything to me. And from here uh, to continue growing where we're at, please consider throwing us a small donation just to help grow the mission, support the team, support the infrastructure and continue to build the Permafit name. Thank you all so much. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. What is going on, guys? This is Gordon, and this is the show where we talk all things fitness, weight loss, health, and wellness, but not just temporarily, permanently. That's right. Welcome to Permafit. All right. What are we talking about today? We are talking about the three main reasons why we sabotage our own weight loss progress. I love this topic so much, guys, because I lived it. Not only did I live it, I've seen it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and over th- over a thousand at this point times over the last 14 years you know when you spend enough time in this space by the way i've been doing this since 2009 uh, when you spend enough time in this space and you work with so many people which has primarily been women over the last nine or so years um, you see patterns and you start to understand this stuff at a deep level not to mention I lived it, like I mentioned, and, and going through it um, on my own. So I'm excited to jump in here. And if I can create just one distinction, if I can create just one aha moment for one of you, then it will have been worth it. So before we jump in there, I want to give a huge shout out to one of our clients. Her name is Teresa. <laughs> Teresa, if you're watching this, you know who you are. Um, you're doing amazing, right? So Teresa joined us in the middle of February. She's down 12 pounds. Okay. So that's about seven weeks that she's been with us. She's down 12 pounds. And when you average it all out and do the math, it's about 1.67, one, you know, you can round it to 1.7 or 1.6 or whatever, a little over a pound and a half per week on average. Okay. You can see this graph on the side of my screen here. And this graph is her weight loss over time, over the last seven weeks. And you can see there was a big drop off and yeah, some of that was water. I can hear some of you saying that already like, oh yeah, okay. There's probably some water weight. Yeah, sure. Uh, But then that stops after the first three or four pounds or so that stops. You can't lose more than that in water uh, that quickly. So uh, beyond that, it's body fat guys. The body fat is dropping off consistently. Okay. Um, Smooth, consistent progress. We love this. I love seeing this. Um, Yes. If we wanted to, we could lose probably five, six, seven pounds a week. Okay. But that is absolute. First of all, it's unsustainable. Okay. Not only is doing that unsustainable, but the results you get from that is un- unsustainable. And two, that goes against everything we teach here because that is downright miserable and it does not cater itself to long-term permanence, which is what we're all about here. Okay. Permafit. Uh, the reason I even built this company is to deliver long-term sustainable permanent results. Okay. So we love smooth, consistent progress like this. All right. Smooth is, is easy. Smooth is consistent, smooth, is sustainable, and it's very doable. Okay. That's the other thing. It's very, very doable. Now, Teresa is achieving these results without restrictions. There's a few birthday celebrations sprinkled in there. Uh, you know, all the things that you would imagine come with birthday parties. Uh, and here's the thing. She's not like all of our clients. She's not pushing herself into this bound into this, 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 this ecosystem or this routine. That's just not practical. Okay. She just simply shows up, she follows through and the results are consistent, right? She's not working out every day. She's not doing all this extra cardio every day, right? She just shows up and follows the process. Um, now here's the thing. I expect Teresa to be another 35 or so pounds down by labor day. Um, it's probably going to be more. I'm using that number conservatively, but just knowing where she started and where her goals are and the conversations that we've had kind of privately and through some of our intake uh, processes, um, I, I know exactly where this is going to go. <laughs> so it's very predictable, very consistent. And I'm super, super, super stoked for you, Teresa, if you're watching this and, um, I just, you know, I can't say that enough. So, all right, guys, spring is here. Spring is here. And uh, for the last 12, 13 years, um, pretty much when the seasons change, I like to ask, 
How are you progressing so far? Because you guys notice these seasons just go by like that. I know it just seemed like just yesterday, uh, you know, we were talking about how dark it was. Well, at least I was, I was talking about how dark it was, you know, by four o'clock in the afternoon and where I live, it just got super cold, which I don't mind, but uh, you know, it's winter, right. And, and with winter comes a lot of habits that people get into and routines that people get into that don't really serve them. It does happen quite a bit. Um, even though January is like the month to start something new, it usually doesn't last very long. So my question for you is how are you progressing so far? So just think back to the winter and let us know in the comments too. I want to be able to support you the best way I possibly can. Okay. So drop this in the comments. Let me know what's going on here. How have you been progressing since the winter? Let us know. How have you been progressing since the winter? Have you achieved what you want since January, February? Have you gotten the results that you're looking for? Okay. And if you haven't made any progress yet up to this point in the spring, well, now is the time to act, right? So, so does any of this sound like you guys just kind of run through this list in your mind uh, that you'd love to lose the unwanted weight once and for all, right? Now, keywords there once and for all, we're about long-term sustainability. So is that something you're looking for? You don't want to have to follow a strict diet. Okay. You don't want food restrictions. You don't want this rigid, eat this, not that kind of approach. Uh, you want the freedom to be able to work out at home or at a gym so that you can kind of go back and forth and be flexible. Uh, you want some accountability some support every step of the way. So as you encounter obstacles or barriers or little pitfalls that you have some accountability and some support to get through those things as they come up or like today's topic, sabotage, self-sabotage, when that creeps up, would you like some accountability and support getting through that? Okay. Uh, you want guaranteed results. Look, if any of those sound like you guys, the best thing we can do right now is book a call with our team. All right. Super simple. Uh, this is a no pressure situation. Okay. This is really just a conversation to find out where you're at and how we can help you. All right. So you can do that by going over to permafitforlife.com forward slash call. Anytime you would like to book that, just pick a time and day that works for you. Fill out a couple quick questions and we'll call you at that time and have that conversation. All right, guys. <clears throat> so self-sabotage, one of my favorite topics because there's a way through it. I promise. Self-sabotage occurs when we destroy ourselves physically, mentally, or emotionally, or deliberately hinder our own success and well-being by undermining personal goals and values. This is not my quote, but it hits it dead on. This is exactly what self-sabotage is. It's like we have the plan, we have the strategy, we have the approach, we have everything we need, and we get in our own way. Okay, We get in our own way. That is what self-sabotage is. It's like we get in front of ourselves and we, whether it's intentional, intentional, or subconsciously intentional, we get in our own way and we tank our results and we push ourselves backwards, right? So in my mind, I kind of visualize back when I used to, to do this and I wasn't really aware, um, I would visualize a clone of myself getting in front of me and just pushing backwards. Like, nope, you're not going this way. Get out of here. And that's really, you know, kind of a, I guess kind of goofy, but it's, it's like my, my own visual representation of what is actually going on. Cause we do, we get in our own way and we tank our own progress. We prevent ourselves from moving forward, right? That's what self-sabotage is. And there's, um, there's, I'll say there's a, there's a lot, there's a, there's a bunch of different ways. There's a, a myriad of ways, whatever you want to call it of ways that we do this. Okay. And there's a lot. And we're going to go over a few of those here today. The ones that I would say are glaring for most people, the ones that are the most common, the most typical that we see over and over and over and over again. Okay. So the thing is with self-sabotage, it's not enough to just say we get in our own way because how we get in our own way matters and how we do that manifests itself in a bunch of different ways. Okay. Typically these are the things that we see. And I'm curious right now if, if any of you resonate or if this resonates with you, or if you have another sort of self-sabotage mechanism in your life, you know, we would love to know it. I would love to see what that is, hear what that is, and see if there's a way that I can support you. Uh, so we see these things, right? Binge eating, stress eating, emotional eating, uh, cheat meals, which often turn into cheat days or cheat weekends or cheat weeks or even cheat months, guys. Um, I've even had people basically tell me that they, they 
they kind of, they dieted really hard. They cut out a bunch of things for a long period of time. And then they, and then they had a cheat day and that cheat day was, it was a complete, it was like a catalyst. Like it was like, it just launched them into eating whatever they want, whenever they want for multiple years. Okay. That does happen. And that's kind of the thing that comes from restriction mentality, by the way, um, over rewarding ourselves. We see this a lot too. Okay. You lose three pounds and then you reward yourself, but we kind of over reward ourselves and it launches into a bunch of other bad habits and routines that kind of derail everything. Um, or anything with like the, the, the term I earned it, right. Uh, usually what we see is someone who'll, who will lo- like lose some weight, for example, and then reward themselves or say, I earned X, Y, Z. Okay. Which might be like, I earned this meal or I earned this dessert or I earned this, this ice cream or I earned whatever this Chick-fil-A. Okay. Um, that's, that's whole, a whole mindset shift that needs to take place there to prevent that sort of thing from happening, not to prevent you from eating the ice cream or the Chick-fil-A, but to prevent the mindset that's going on while we're doing that. Okay. So anyways, guys, I mean, let's, let's, you know, let's keep diving in here. So why do we do this? Right. Why do we do this? If you think about it, it seems simple. It seems, seems kind of silly in a sense, right? Why would we do this? Why would we self-sabotage knowing that it's a thing, knowing that it even exists, knowing that people do this and that we're capable of doing this at any given moment. Why do we do it? Okay. It's so common. It's actually, from what we've seen guys, it's essential okay? or it's essentially uh, normal, right? It's, it's, and I, and actually let me back up. <clears throat> I do think it's essential. I got my sentence kind of mixed, mixed up there, but it is essential. It's an essential part of growth because self-sabotage by nature is a human thing that just kind of comes with the territory. Okay. It just comes with the territory. And it's because we have the ability to think deeply and it's because we we have the ability to have self-dialogue and self-talk and inner dialogue. Um, but not only is it, is it essential. Okay. It's also essential that in order to grow, that we have to identify it and move past it. Uh, but it's very normal. It's expected at this point. So when we bring on a new client, for example, kind of go into that sort of expecting it, sort of, um, waiting for it to happen. Okay. And I've never met anyone. This is kind of what makes us human. I've never met anyone that didn't experience at least a little of this in their journey. Okay. At least a little bit of self-sabotage. Everyone I've ever worked with, every client I've ever had, everyone that I've ever known in the health and fitness space has experienced a little of this in their journey somehow, some way. Okay. So Maybe there's an influencer or something that you look up to that person, male, female, doesn't matter. doesn't matter how famous they are or anything. That person is a human being and has experienced some self-sabotage along the way. I can assure you of that. Okay. So why do we do this? Right. I'm going to go over three reasons why we do this. Okay. The first one here is called habit force, right? Habit force doesn't just mean Oh, okay. So we've got some old bad habits. Cool. Next. No, there's actually a lot more to it. And in order to move forward past that, got to be aware that habit force is stronger than we think. And there's more going on there. Okay. It is not a surface level behavior. Okay. Habit force is deeply rooted in our beliefs, our thoughts, our expectations of ourselves and others. Uh, our understanding of things, our understanding of our bodies, our understanding of like the, the tactical mechanisms that we're using to try to lose this weight and try to move forward and our perspectives on those things. Okay. Habit force is deeply rooted in all of those things. Give me one second. Okay. So here's the thing with that, right? Now we all have the ability to recognize patterns. Okay. And the ability to expect something to be somewhat routine. Okay. Let me give you an example. When you wake up in the morning, you have a routine and you have things that you expect. You expect, uh, maybe someone else in your life to maybe your, your spouse or your, your kids or something to wake up at a certain time and to do something pretty similarly every morning, right? You expect some sort of normalcy or some sort of routine, right? That's called familiarity. 
when you are with someone that you've been with for a long time, doesn't have to be like romantically, just maybe a friend or a coworker or something. When you have a relationship with someone, you expect some more of the same, right? You expect more of the same of that person. You expect more of the same of your relationship with that person, right? When you're thinking about yourself and what you're capable of doing and what feels scary to you and what feels normal to you or good to you, right? You, some of those things are familiar, right? The things that are familiar are the things that are not so scary. The things that are scary are not familiar, right? Those are the things that are outside your comfort zone because they're not familiar, right? Our minds thrive on familiarity. Okay. We thrive on it. Okay. The reason is because it's exactly that it's familiar. It's what I like to call home base. Okay. It's home. If there, if you never get anything out of uh, these live streams, guys, understand this. Okay. The key to transformation, long-term sustainable transformation is understanding that your mind is going to fight you tooth and nail to stay where you're at, to stay stuck. If you've ever been stuck in any capacity in your health and weight loss journey, okay. And you've like dabbled here and there and tried things here and there, you know, that the first couple of days, the first week, whatever, uh, is usually the hardest. Okay. It's actually very easy at first because it's a novelty, but then it becomes very, very difficult. It's not actually difficult. It just seems difficult mentally. And the reason it seems mentally difficult is because it's not home for you. It's not home base. It's not familiar. It's maybe annoying, uh, maybe like taxing mentally, taxing physically, whatever. There's a a million different things there, but it's not familiar to you to keep doing that, to be consistent in that arena. Therefore, your mind builds up all of this rationale to not do that anymore. Okay. So the solution to this guys is to change your daily operation, right? Your daily operating flow, your daily operating rhythm, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Your daily flow should be set up to drive change. And for most people, it's just not most people's daily flow. When I say flow, I mean like their routine throughout the day is typically set up to just maintain, just to maintain where we're at. Okay. So if you're overweight, uh, if you're very overweight, let's just say you're a hundred pounds overweight at this moment, and you'd love to lose about a hundred pounds. Does your daily lifestyle is your daily flow actual is it actually set up to help drive that change or is it set up to just kind of keep doing what you're doing now before you answer that to yourself take a step back and recognize that if you're just kind of doing the same thing that you were doing last week and last month and 6 months ago and 9 months ago and a year ago and nothing has changed in terms of your weight in terms of your health maybe you've lost a few pounds here and there but by and large, nothing has changed. Well, then your daily operating flow, your daily operating rhythm is not set up to drive that change. Okay. And that's okay. Okay. We know that if we, if, and we're the fact that we're acknowledging that and recognizing that is huge. Okay. Most people avoid thinking about that. And because they avoid thinking about that, do you think they ever experience change? No. It doesn't just happen randomly or by accident. Okay. Change happens when we change. Okay. If nothing changes, nothing changes. Right. Um, so here is the, the, the chain, I call this the chain of things that need to happen in order, in order to, for this to all change. Okay. In order to experience the result that you're looking for. Okay. Which we're, we're talking about weight loss transformation here. And by the way, it doesn't matter if you need to lose 10 pounds, Okay. Those last 10 stubborn pounds that have been fighting you for years, or if you have a much bigger goal, like I did when I started, which was over 80 pounds. Okay. The number doesn't really matter so much. Okay. What matters more is this right here. Okay. It all starts with your thoughts. This is why we spend so much time on mindset in our programs. It all starts with thoughts. What do you think about this stuff? And I know that sounds probably silly to some of you, to think about what you're thinking about. (laughs) But when you take a step back and you, and you really get introspective for a minute and you think about your thoughts and you think about what you're thinking about, um, in terms of all this stuff, you start to be able to look at it from like a 30,000 foot view and recognize that 
you know, I think about this this way, and I think about this this way. And <laughs> those thoughts actually drive your beliefs. Okay. You and you have total control over that, by the way. You have total control over your thoughts. You can choose to listen to some, you can choose to ignore some. Okay. I can think about a dragon right now. Okay. Or I could not think about a dragon right now. Uh, and, and what I think about in terms of those things will drive what I believe to be true. Okay. So when it comes to this, I know that's kind of like a very, very out there example, but it's true. You can choose what to think about. You can force things in and out of your head. Okay. Um, it's not necessarily easy. It takes a little practice, but you absolutely can do that. And what you think about this stuff ultimately changes your beliefs. Okay. Now, when you think about weight loss, you think about uh, body fat loss, you think about transformation, you're thinking about these things. Well, when you think about them the way that I'm talking about, and you think about moving forward, you think about changing the, the habits that you have going on here, and you want to get to that point where those habits do change. Well, now you start to sort of slowly brick by brick, build that belief system. Okay. Do I believe that I can ever actually get there? Okay. Do I truly believe that I can ever actually get there? And then you can kind of dissect that a little further. Do I, do I truly believe I can get there alone? Do I truly believe I can get there, but I'm going to need some help. Do I truly believe I can get there? You know, but you start to like, think about these different scenarios. What do I need in order to believe that I can get there? Okay. And once you have these thoughts and these beliefs going guys, okay. Actions will take place. Okay. They just will. If you think about this stuff the right way enough, and you start to believe that it's actually possible. Okay. Doesn't matter if you believe that it's possible with the help of someone else, or if you believe it's possible by yourself, if you believe that it's possible, then you will start to take action on it. Okay. Why does that happen? Well, the more you believe in it and the more you think about it, the more front of mind it becomes. Okay. So it's not just this tiny little thought sitting back here that you think about every once in a while, like a fleeting thought. Okay. Instead, it's right up here. <laughs> okay. It's right up here. And you're starting to think about it more and you're going to, you're going to take action on it because it's on your mind. Okay. That's very, very, very real. Okay. You have the ability to kind of move things in terms of the order of importance in your head. You have the ability to move things forward and backwards. Okay. So you're going to take action on it. And when you take action on it, okay. Doing it just once, isn't going to really change anything, but doing it and when I say doing it, I'm talking about nutritional actions, like changing things about what you're eating, how you're eating, when you're eating, all those things, like what are your nutritional targets? And also what's your workout look like? Is there one, what, what are you doing? How are you building muscle, right? What, what sort of approach are you using your time under tension? Like you know, all the different elements there, you start to take actions there. You do that a little, like a little bit at a time and start to generate some consistency. Then you'll create routines. Okay. And routines are awesome. Routines are something that you kind of have to almost push yourself to, to establish. But once you start establishing routines, guess what happens? You build habits. You cannot build habits without routines. Okay. You can't, you can't just instantly have a habit and I'm not referring to like actual physical addiction. Okay. Habits based around those things. I'm talking about the habit of doing something and creating that subconscious need to do that thing. Okay. So routines drive habits. And here's the thing with habit force. Okay. Once you have actually built a habit, which by the way, it doesn't, there's no fixed number of days that it takes. Okay. So some people have, uh, said things, you know, in, in as, this is as old as man, uh, it takes 30 days to build a habit, or it takes 21 days to build a habit or 60 days to build a habit or whatever. Uh, they're all probably true to some extent. Um, after so many years of doing this, I can confidently tell you there's not a specific fixed number of days of doing something to create a habit. Okay. Uh, especially around this stuff. Okay. Habits are created when they're created. It's going to take as long as it takes for some people it's faster than others. And at the end of the day, you want to create these habits. Okay. You want to create the habit of moving your body the right way. You want to create the habit of focusing on your, your nutrition and understanding the numbers that you're putting in your body, how many calories you're eating, 
how many macronutrients you're eating. You want to understand those things and you want to build a habit of understanding those things. Because when you do, guess what? It's just as strong as all of your old bad habits, which makes it almost impossible to break. Think about an old habit that you have and, and something that I would say is not necessarily a good habit or a positive habit or a healthy habit. Okay. Think about, let's just say you drink a, you stop at the same gas station every day after work and you buy a soda. Okay. You buy a Dr. Pepper. Okay. And you drink that every single day on the way home from work. That is a habit. Well, that habit was created from the routine of doing that periodically. Right. And you now have that habit. And the, the first day that you stop doing that is going to feel really weird. <laughs> and it's going to be probably a little hard mentally. Cause you're going to be thinking about it. It's like Pavlov's dog. Like, Oh, I passed this exit on the highway there. I know I'm supposed to be going to the gas station. Now I'm picking up a Dr. Pepper. It's going to be a weird disruption to your routine. Right. And you're and the habit force is going to kick in and tell you, Hey, you know, you need to go do this. You need to scratch that itch. And it's just going to feel awkward. Right. Uh, so that's, that's really, it's no different. So what we're doing here is we're changing those habits because when you have a good habit, a habit of eating things that are going to actually be in alignment with your goal and working out properly, you know, two, three, four days a week and moving the needle constantly, right. Um, that habit is, so if you look up a couple lines here in the middle of the screen, that habit becomes familiarity and your mind thrives on that familiarity. And guess what goes away guys, when you start building these habits, self-sabotage goes away. Okay. So you want to create permanence around this. You want to lose that weight for the long term. We have to make these good habits that familiar. Okay. We need to make it that home base because then your body will thrive on those things and it, it will want those things and it won't want anything else. Does that make sense guys? So we want to make those habits familiar. Okay. We want to make those home base. Okay. Self-sabotage will disappear when that happens. It's a beautiful thing. Okay. So reason number two, the uh, second reason why we, we self-sabotage is we don't know what we don't know. Okay. So think about this for a second. I'm sure all of you have experienced this in some capacity. Uh, you stepped on the scale one day and you're down three pounds from yesterday. All right, let's go. Why though? <laughs> Why are we down three pounds? And you sit there and maybe scratch your head and be like, I don't know. I actually had, uh, I had, um, I don't know, fried chicken tenders and French fries last night at the basketball game or something, but I'm down three pounds today. That's weird. Huh? Oh, maybe the solution is eat more chicken fingers. I don't know. Right. You start to like, think about it a little bit. And then ultimately you just kind of shrug your shoulders. Like, I don't know, but you're excited. You're happy. You feel good because you stepped on the scale and three pounds are now gone. Okay, cool. <laughs> why does that? Why? We don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay. We don't know. And we don't know that, about the details and why we don't know. We just know what we see. Cool. So the second one here, you stepped on the scale and you're up five pounds from yesterday. That ever happened to anybody? I'm sure it has. And how does that make you feel? Okay. It's pretty much the opposite of that first one. You stepped on the scale and you're like, I'm up five pounds. What the hell's going on? I actually had a salad for dinner last night, no dressing. And I had a, a lean, whatever for lunch. Like, I don't know why I'm up five pounds. This is ridiculous. I hate this thing. I hate my body. I hate blah, blah, blah. Right. And we start to like get real negative and nasty. Why, why are we even up five pounds? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, you work out, so see this a lot too. You work out seven times a week and you're not making progress. Why? Why? By the way, guys, I see quite a few people live right now. And I definitely want to see who's live. Let me know, guys. Put hashtag live in the in the comments if you're watching this live. Right? Hashtag replay if you're watching this on the replay. Um, but okay, so we work out seven days a week and you don't progress. Why? Why see that all the time. Okay. I talk to ladies every single day, literally every single day, seven days a week who tell me, I'm working out every day, Gordon. I do this, 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 and this. Okay. But I just can't seem to lose this weight. I've got 45 pounds to lose and it just won't come off. Why? Why? Okay. Or this last one here. Many of you have experienced this too. I'm sure you eat healthy and you don't lose weight. You're eating salad. You're eating, um, 
lean egg whites and lean meat. And like you're doing, you're you're eating all these things that are healthy or you think are healthy or someone told you are healthy or, or are actually healthy and you're not losing weight. Why? Okay. Well, we don't know what we don't know here. Right. And when you don't know what you don't know, then you kind of continue to do more of the same, right? You continue to do, oh, it seems like a good idea. It seems like it's working. So I'm doing, you know, I'm going to do more of this because it's going to work, right? When you work tirelessly towards a goal and you make zero progress, what happens? This happened to me, by the way, for about five years straight. You get this fear that kind of creeps in, right? This doubt, this uncertainty, and almost this belief that you're broken, right? That's, that's what happens. This fear and this doubt creep in the fear of never being able to change the fear of never being able to be successful here. The fear of never being in a body that you're proud of, that makes you feel good emotionally, mentally, physically, right. And a fear of never really being able to achieve those things. And then the doubt just grows and grows and grows the doubt that, yeah, whatever, I'm just never going to be able to achieve this. I'm just not. Right. So the, the combination of those two things, guys, creates resentment, resentment around fitness, resentment around anyone else who's ever been fit, right? This, the resentment that you generate internally, when you are doing all of this stuff and you're not seeing any results, you instantly, well, at least not, I won't say everyone, but a lot of people will look at someone who's already fit or who went through a similar process, but actually did see results or whatever. And you, you start to like, think negative thoughts about that person, or you start to, you know, not necessarily you don't like them or you don't, you hate them or anything like that, but you start to resent them. Right. And resentment creates this kind of like, screw it. This is just how I am attitude. Like, all right, F it. I'm just going to, this is just how I am. Okay. So the solution here, guys, every single time is strategy, right? Strategy first, first and foremost. Okay. Uh, with strategy, you also have the ability to actually create some clarity because most people aren't totally clear. When I say clarity, by the way, actually, let me back up. When I say strategy, strategy means the nutritional element. What am I eating? How much of it? When, right? Things like that. What are my nutritional targets? What should I even be trying to eat for calories? What should I even be trying to eat for protein every day, right? That's your nutritional strategy. And then the workout strategy is how often should I be working out? What should I be doing? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing cardio? Should I be lifting weights? Should I be right? And how, how often should I be doing that? And what muscle group should I be working with? There's a lot there. And then from that, you start to build some clarity, right? Clarity. So you don't have this blocked, obstructed view of things. You, you just know what to do, right? You have this clear laid out, well-detailed plan, and you can just boom, 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 just mark your, march your way through that plan. Okay. That's clarity and support. Okay. Support is having someone who's been through this process over and over and over again, be able to hold your hand through it and guide you through it. Okay. So strategy, clarity, and support will fix this every time. Okay. Every time, if you're in a situation where you're doing all of these things, right, you're on this hamster wheel where you're just, you're going and going and going and going, you're trying this, you're trying that, you're trying this, you're taking action. You definitely have work ethic. There's no doubt about that. And you're not seeing any results. Okay. And it's week after week after week after week or month after month after month. And you're just not seeing it. Okay. Well, inserting and injecting these three things, strategy, clarity, and support will fix that in two seconds. Okay. Those couple little distinctions that you need to make those couple little breakthroughs, uh, they really just need to be kind of ironed out, right? Think of them as wrinkles. We just got to iron those out and then make sure that they don't wrinkle back up again. Okay. And you do this and believe it or not, sometimes it's, it's actually really simple. It's just about getting out of our own way and making sure that we iron out those wrinkles and actually, you know, do it, not just talk about it, but actually do it. Okay. So the third, I'd say biggest reason why we self-sabotage is we have logical thinking capabilities and emotional thinking capabilities, and they are constantly in conflict with one another. All right. Humans are emotional creatures. By the way, this is not just a women thing, right? Um, I've been doing this such a long time and I'm a, obviously not a woman that I've seen this, okay? Uh, it seems like there's this belief out there that women are more emotional than men around this stuff. And quite honestly, 
I don't a hundred percent agree with that. Okay. I really don't. Men are probably a little bit better at hiding it or, or I won't say hiding it. They push it down. Okay. But I've seen men cry like, like, like manly men, right? Like big dudes, like emotion, just cry because they hate their body. They don't. And it's, it's an emotional thing for men too, is my point. All right. So if you see a guy and you think he's like, you know, he's a big guy and he's like claims to be happy with his extra 150 pounds that he's carrying around. Chances are he's not. And chances are he's actually so far not happy with it in that direction that it actually keeps him up at night and it really does affect him emotionally. He just doesn't want to share it and hide anyway. He wants to hide it. So anyways, humans are emotional creatures. That's one of the things that makes us human, right? It's a beautiful thing. Okay. Uh, but emotional wants, think about that emotional wants, the emotional desires that we have, those are more short-term driven, right? Emotional wants. Think about any impulse purchase you've ever made. You walk into, I don't know, the Apple store. Okay. You have no interest or you have no intention of buying an iPad, but you're there, you see it, you start thinking about, Oh, it'd be cool if I could just like, you know, I fly three times a month. It'd be cool if I could just take my iPad on the plane and then, right. You just start talking yourself into whatever, and you make an emotional decision to buy it right then and there. That's not a logical decision. 99% of the time, it's an emotional decision. Same thing at the checkout at the grocery store. You see those M&Ms, you're like, oh, dang, man, I haven't had peanut M&Ms in like six months. And you throw a bag on the thing, right? And you, and you buy one, okay? That's an emotional, that's not a logical decision. That's an emotional decision, right? Here's the thing. We all do that, okay? We all do that. Um, it's just the real deal. Logical wants are different. Logical desires are completely based in logic. They're completely based in the ability to have uh, that, uh, delayed gratification, right? The, the ability to wait, the ability to budget properly, whatever, right? There's all these logical elements that we have the ability to utilize, but they are such long-term driven things that we, we don't, they're not sexy, right? They're not sexy. It's not sexy to, uh, whatever, right? All these things I'm talking about. Uh, but what is kind of fun, what is sexy, what is fun to talk about and, 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 and whatnot are these emotional decisions. Okay. But all of this at the end of the day is just about rewiring your mindset. Think about why emotional decisions are so appealing. And then think about why logical decisions are so unappealing. It's just a mindset shift, just a mindset shift. It's because we're very focused on what we can achieve now, what we can get now, or in the shortest amount of time possible, as opposed to what we really want, which is going to come later. All right. So let me back up to that iPad example. Okay. Let's just say you don't even have the thousand dollars to buy the iPad right now, but you walk into the Apple store and you buy it anyway. Okay. Now you've got the iPad, but now you've also got maybe some anxiety around, <laughs> well, I bought this thing. I don't even have the money to buy it. So I'm going to have to ride my credit card balance for a while or something. Right. That's now you, you have the iPad, but you can't really enjoy it because you're thinking about this other thing, right? So it's going to be on your mind. Every time you see that iPad, you're probably going to be thinking about how expensive it was when you didn't have the money or whatever, right? Uh, well, this is the same thing, okay? But if you had made the logical decision to set aside a hundred bucks a week, well, in you know 10 weeks, now you can go buy the iPad and it's comfortable to buy budgetarily, right? And you get to enjoy it. And like, there's so many pluses to that scenario right? Uh, at the end of the day, you got what you want and it's actually enjoyable. Okay. So it's just a mindset shift, just a mindset shift. Okay. Now this takes practice. I will be honest. This takes practice and this is best achieved with support. Okay. B, I just, and, and I just want you guys to know, like, this is the key to permanent change. Okay. Any of the stuff that I went over. Okay. These last couple reasons why we do this, why we self-sabotage, uh, those are all basically glued together with this logical thinking versus emotional thinking, because at any given time, when we're emotional for whatever reason, okay, it could be good emotion, bad emotion, right? Just emotional. We have emotions soaring when that happens. It's very easy to throw the inhibitions out and buy a pizza and eat the whole thing. Okay. But logically we know if we're in a weight loss journey, 
eating an entire large pizza does not fit in. Okay. And when I say eat without restrictions, don't cut out any foods. Yeah, I mean that, but that doesn't mean it's a free for all either. Okay. So uh, logical decision there, grab a pizza, have a couple slices. Cool. Right. Doesn't mean have a whole one, right? The emotional decision is, man, I'm so hungry and this happened at work and my whatever, you know, this and this, and I just feel so whatever insert emotion doesn't matter what it is, honestly. And I just want to eat this, or I just want to eat that, or I want to eat both of them, right? That's the kind of decision-making we make in an emotional state and uh, to undo some of the stuff that's probably been holding you back. We got to rewire the mindset a little bit. Okay. we got to unplug some of the old wires and rewire it all together in a way where we're looking at things through a different lens. Okay. Very, very, very real. Now, anyone who's gone through a major transformation in their health and their fitness and their weight has done this, whether they really talk about it or not, I promise you this has happened because no one gets into, seriously, think about this, no matter where you're at, if you're stuck in a situation right now where you're hundred pounds overweight, we'll go back to that example. You didn't get there instantly, right? It didn't just happen overnight. Okay. It happened through thoughts, beliefs, actions, routines, and habits that got you there. Well, those things all created this mindset wiring. Okay. They created this mindset wiring and it's hardwired right now. Therefore to undo that, to undo those thoughts, beliefs, actions, habits, routines, we need to rewire how you're thinking about this stuff. It's not just about dieting differently and exercising differently. It's about this. Okay. It's about what's going on up here. This is what controls everything guys. This is what controls everything. And it would be silly and and quite honestly, be irresponsible of me and unethical. I'm not even kidding to tell you that the key to permanent weight loss and permanent transformation is just how you exercise and how you eat. It's not, it's this, okay. This will drive all of that. Okay. It's very difficult to do when you're just floating around alone. This is something that is best achieved with some support. Okay. It just really is. Maybe you already have that person in your life. Maybe you don't, but that support structure is going to be massive. Okay. Massive, massive, massive. Uh, Cause there's going to be days when your inner critic kind of jumps in and starts to battle against you. Doesn't want you to change. Doesn't want you to rewire this. And you're going to need that outlet to kind of bring you back down to planet earth. Okay. So um, I was going through this and I wanted to actually put a fourth one on here. It was kind of an audible that I pulled at the last minute, but here's the thing. And it kind of piggybacks off this last one, right? So it's kind of like reason number four, why we self-sabotage. Well, this happens when we surround ourselves with others who don't have what we want. Okay. Uh, The late, great Jim Rohn has said that you will be the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I want to stop there for a second and challenge you guys to think about that. Think about that for one second. Okay. Um, I've proven this right for myself time and time and time again. And I've also proven this right for many, many other people, but I want to prove you right as well. And it will take a little time, but I want you to at least think about it. Okay. You'll be the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So the people that you spend the most time with, which are likely maybe coworkers, probably some family members, maybe a friend or two, okay. Depending on how big those circles all are, those are the people that are going to push and pull you into the position where you're at. So even your salary, for example, is typically going to be the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And by the way, infants, kids, those don't count. Okay. (laughs) You're not really being influenced by a six month old. I wasn't influenced by my one-year-old son in terms of my salary. All right. Um, So let's just say like the average of the five adults, I guess you spend the most time with. So your salary, your level of health, your weight, your habits around food, your habits around exercise, your habits around what you put in your body, uh, all those things. You're going to be the average of people around you. Now, chances are you have maybe one or two people in your life that are more into that stuff, like being healthier and kind of health centric. And you're probably going to have one or two people or three people that are the opposite or somewhere in the other side of the spectrum somewhere. And you're going to be kind of somewhere in the middle, right? That's typically how it goes guys. Okay. 
So if your circle of people that you spend the most time with consists of all overweight people, okay, unhealthy people, or people that are just not driven to really better themselves in any way, then you're going to be influenced by that heavily, heavily, right? You're, I'm sure everyone here watching this has heard things about surround yourself with like-minded people. Well, that isn't really good enough to, to kind of convey the real message. The real message is surround yourself with people who have what you want. Okay. Have what you want. Seriously. Now I have friends from kind of like, I guess I'll call it my past life who have habits and routines that are very opposite of mine now. And it doesn't mean I don't like them. And it doesn't mean I don't see them from time to time. I just don't spend as much time with them as I used to. Okay. I had a very big goal for myself and I wanted to put myself in an environment where the people that I was inter interfacing with the most also wanted things similar to that and would kind of like create that energy where I was always kind of driven towards moving, you know, towards my goal. Right. So the solution here, guys, is to change your circle. It doesn't mean you have to delete people from your life, although I've done that too, <laughs> for other reasons. Uh, but what it does mean is to just change who's influencing your circle, like in your closest circle of people. And like I wrote here, it's easier said than done, but the best way to do this and the easiest way to do this is to join a program or join a group of invested people who share similar goals, ambitions, desires, et cetera. So this doesn't mean uh, necessarily like, you know, go join a, um, like a huge mastermind or something like that. What it really means is find a circle, a group, Okay. Find a group, right? So if you are a woman looking to lose weight and achieve body transformation, a good example of that would be the Permafit team. Okay. And the Permafit group, our client group. And uh, these are, in, when I say invested people, these are people who have invested energy into changing. Okay. It is impossible to be around people like that. Okay. So some of our, I, I used that client earlier in this presentation, her name's Teresa, right? She's invested in change. Okay. She's invested in change. She has invested emotionally, mentally in change. Therefore being around her, you can't not be influenced by her on a pause in a positive way, right? Our clients kick so much ass they're invested that you can't be in that environment and not be influenced in a positive way. All right. It's, it's, it's an amazing and beautiful thing to see, right? Uh, and they all have goals and they all have ambitions. They all have desires. They all have wants, things that they're going after that are all similar. They're all related to this stuff and they're all, they're all personal, right? So they're all different, but they're all similar and it's impossible to be around them, talk to them, see what they're doing and not be influenced and motivated and inspired to do the same thing for yourself. But if you're spending time around your best friend who is 70 pounds overweight and always kind of complaining about it and, and saying F it and this and that, and whatever, then it's going to be impossible not to be influenced by that. Does that make sense? So it's changing your circle matters guys. Super, super, super powerful. Okay. So before we wrap this up, guys, uh, my question for you is, do you need help? Do you need help? Okay. The best way to get help from us We've got a bunch of trainings on here. We've got almost 200 podcast episodes that are all free. All of that stuff will help you. Okay. But the fastest way, the easiest way to get help and start making change now is to book a strategy call with us and have a conversation. Okay. So let me just walk you through what this is going to look like. These calls are super simple and I love having them. Our team loves having them because we can create breakthroughs. We can create these distinctions. All right. So we're going to dive deep into your current struggles, where you're struggling, we're going to look at what's not working, what is working, if anything, probably nothing, but we're going to look at what's going on. We're going to look at what your goals are specifically. Like, what do you actually want? How long has it been since you've touched that result or had that result, or maybe even been close to it, or maybe the answer is never. And we're going to look at how exactly we're going to get you to those goals in the shortest amount of time. Right. And then the last thing, of course, since this is permafit and we're all about permanence here is how to transition once you hit those goals into creating a lifetime of sustaining those goals. Okay. So 
if you would like to do that, guys, if you would like to book that call, um, I'd say, I mean, you can go to permafitforlife.com forward slash call. Okay. You can just comment one below in the comments and we'll reach out and just have a conversation and just kind of see what that looks like for you. Okay. Um, so I'm just curious guys, before we punch out here, was this helpful for you at all? Okay. And if so, what was your biggest takeaway? Uh, I will say that self-sabotage was one of the biggest hurdles for me. And for those of you who don't know me, uh, or a lot about my story, I, uh, well, health and fitness has been a huge part of my life. I lost family members to it, um, to, to people who didn't, you know, they didn't take care of themselves, uh, and, and they died at a young age. And so it's always been with me and, um, that self-sabotage was kind of there the whole time until I actually acknowledged it and pushed through it and broke it down. And when that happened, guys, the results happened so fast, <laughs> so fast. It wasn't because I was like genetically gifted. Cause I promise you, I was not. Uh, but when you do this the right way and you're able to overcome some of that stuff, well, the results flow quickly and they, they establish themselves and root themselves permanently uh, at the same time. It's, it really is a beautiful thing. So let us know what your biggest takeaway was. And if this was helpful at all, and if it was, that's amazing. If it wasn't, let me know and I'll see what I can do to, to kind of change that for you. And other than that, guys, I hope you have an amazing, amazing rest of your Monday. And as always, if you need anything, you can comment below this video. You can send us an email support at permafitforlife.com, or you can book a strategy session with us and have a conversation and see how we can help you achieve your goals once and for all. You can do that at permafitforlife.com forward slash call. All right, guys, I will talk to you later. Have an amazing rest of your Monday again. Happy April. And let's get out. Let's make this an awesome week. All right. See you guys.